Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Self to Society. My name is Dennis. I am your host. If you're on Instagram Live, what's up? If you're listening on the podcast, what's up? Uh, Today's episode is about trauma. And the question was, can trauma be undone? I did a little poll, asked a question on Instagram to find out what were what was some topics that people wanted me to talk about on the podcast. And this is one of them. And uh, since, since hearing the question or reading the question, I haven't quite been able to stop thinking about trauma in this way. Um, I don't I don't normally, well, how do I say this correctly? I guess I always think about trauma because I have my own, but I I guess I never really thought about it in terms of like, can it be unwound? And what does that look like, right? So trauma is interesting. It's an interesting topic even to begin with because everybody's version of it is different. There's There's no singular scale of trauma that simply says, this is more trauma or this is less trauma. Trauma is inherently individual. It has to be. Now, I would also suggest that there are most definitely things that some people go through that others don't that are in fact more traumatic. But we're not talking, I'm not talking about like the levels of traumatic experience. What I'm talking about is how we process trauma, which is entirely a global idea. It's, it's like I said, it's inherently individual because it has no other thing but to be individual. And it doesn't, trauma doesn't, the experience of trauma doesn't see class. It doesn't see race. It doesn't see gender or sexuality. It just simply exists in the experience of the human life that is living out that story. My last episode was about vulnerability. Uh, I talked about how we're, we are the story. Like we're not writing a story. We are living out a story day in and day out every single day. And we're writing a story that is not even for us. The story that we're living out is really for those who are going to come after us, for our children, our grandchildren. Um, it's for, you know, the people that we hope to in- inspire and influence uh, for generations to come, should that be something you want to do. So I'm going to give two really obvious and polarizingly different examples of trauma. Okay. One is... Uh, upper middle class, somebody who is raised in upper upper middle class family, their parents are together uh, forever, but their parents fight a lot and their parents work a lot. And so they don't ever want for anything, but their trauma is in the experience of them being with two parents who seemingly didn't love each other or fought a lot or who just turned into workaholics. Maybe there was other issues in the house, but this is a very easy generalization. Upper middle class family, you don't want for anything. There's nothing where we would look at in terms of traumatic experience. There's nothing traumatic that happens maybe to the person growing up in that household. Now let's flip to the other side where there's a lower lower middle class family or lower class family who struggles to put decent food on the table every day. Uh, maybe it's a single parent home. Um, one sibling, multiple siblings. I don't know that the amount of siblings matters, 
but the experience there is clearly opposite. Uh, there is always want and the quality of what you have is less and there's only one parent, right? And so, but even still, maybe, maybe there's no traumatic experience in option B either other than what they're experiencing. Now I can promise you, I assure you that both of those humans grow up explaining some sort of trauma. They, they grow up explaining with, with a lens of this wasn't what I wanted or how I thought it should go or what I wanted it to be that makes it totally global, right? Like they, those two people could have a conversation and say, you know, well, you don't know what I went through. And they would both agree that, no, I don't know what you went through and I couldn't know how it affects you. But I do believe that both of those people walk away with an experience where they're not entirely pleased with how it went. Now, that's a very generalization, generalized idea of trauma. It's very hard to use the word trauma and separate it from traumatic experience, right? Um, we, can, we can go throughout our lives experiencing trauma without anything really traumatic happening. When I say traumatic, I'm uh, like catastrophic, right? Um, there, I mean, some examples of something that is traumatic, uh, being beaten, being very, very heavily verbally abused, uh, being raped or sexually assaulted, getting in a, a really scary car accident, maybe near death or something like that. Like those are traumatic experiences. Um, being held at gunpoint could be another one of those traumatic sort of experiences, Uh, being shot, being jumped, being like, I think there are experiences that we have that, that are traumatic. (laughs) My son just came out to show me the toys that he was playing with. Uh, I think there are experiences that we have that are in fact traumatic in terms of catastrophic or catastrophe. Um, not everybody has that, has those experiences. Not every single human experiences something that is traumatic in terms of catastrophe or in it being this, you know, uh, potentially life altering experience. Now there are an ass load of humans who have traumatic experience. Um, and again, I'm going to take it away from catastrophe because I want this to be a conversation that we all have because, Trauma and therapy and getting help and seeking guidance is not only for the people who have experienced catastrophic issues in their life. Uh, It is for every single human because every single human has in their mind and in their experience multiple things that they have experienced that we would call traumatic or that, that have left scars. Let me say it that way. Each of us has something that has left scars on us. And those things are the things that we have to unwind, that we have to try to overcome. And in light of the question of can trauma be undone, my ultimate answer is no. I would say, given you know the first seven minutes of, of the podcast setting at least some context for where we're going on what different versions of trauma are, uh, how we might frame them, how each of us has a framework for something that is not ideal that we are left with that becomes a scar that we will identify as trauma, right? So I've spent the, the first 
third of this episode, really trying to set a context that we all have this experience. We all have scars. We all have things that we have to work through and fight through and learn to um, overcome or be or create a healthier ideal of how we're going to walk through the rest of life with that scar. Now, like I said, my ultimate answer to can trauma be undone would be no, it cannot. What we are able to do with trauma is to reframe it. We're able to take the scar and we're able to reframe it. We're able to take the traumatic experience and we're able to reframe it. And we're able to take a catastrophic experience and reframe it slightly so that we can become more healthy in how we view ourselves and the world around us. That is my ultimate answer, is that trauma cannot be undone, but it can be reframed. That reframing can happen, in my opinion, a number of ways. It can happen in, uh, first, vulnerability, finding the strength within yourself to admit that these things happen to you, no matter where the level of catastrophe is. Okay, so I'm talking like, if it, if it feels traumatic to you, that is honorable and it's real. If there is a scar there from something, anything, and it feels to you as something that hurts or leaves left pain or leaves a constant reminder of something negative, that is honorable because it's yours and you have the right to feel that and experience that exactly the way you do. The scariest thing about what I just said (laughs) is the idea of entitlement. Scariest idea of what I just said. But for the sake of who I believe my audience is, uh, who are relatively rational humans trying to figure this shit out on our own, uh, I I don't think that I have to go too far into the explanation on the other side. So what we are able to do with these experiences is reframe them. Uh, I've talked about therapy before. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing is EMDR is the type of therapy that I went through. It is for more traumatic experiences or deeper, more confusing elements of pain or experiences of pain. That's the kind of therapy that I was in. And its whole focus is to restructure the memory. Essentially, if I'm being real fucking honest... The only way that we are able to actually get through trauma, through healing, is by self, uh, self-manipulation self in some way. That's how we heal. We heal by reframing something. We heal by saying, it was this, but it now is going to be this thing. Or, what if it could have affected me differently, right? Like... So in EMDR, one of the things that we do is I, I, we explain what the, the thing is that we're dealing with and you get to the end of some of these stopping points and then the question is, okay, how would you have played the ending out differently? What new ending can we write to this story that changes how it affects you day in and day out and day in and day out? It really is just manipulation of the mind. It's taking something and twisting it to make it something different, which is absolutely fucking okay. That we do this with our trauma and our pain points and our scars, it's absolutely okay that we handle it this way. Mainly because I think that it's the only way that we do handle it outside of finding uh, potentially negative coping mechanisms where we become numb. Cool. Will you shut your door, please? 
He's so cute. <laughs> um, so the only, I really do believe that the only way that we are able to uh, restructure these things is to create new endings. Um, some of, you know, I'm not, I have no problem with people, um, being on medication for anxiety or depression or, uh, high stress or to relieve some of the tension of these scars that you're going through. Uh, my hope, I guess always is that folks find themselves in a, in a mental space where they no longer are reliant on as much medication. Some, some of us need medication, for the rest of our lives. And that's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. When we talk about reframing and restructuring, uh, we are taking all of our pains, our past, our scars, our points of trauma. And, and I'm going to start speaking to some of the things that are a little heavier, right? Uh, relational abuse. If you were in a, in a relationship that was physically or emotionally or verbally abusive, and that abuse was constant or, or lasted for a very long time, that type of trauma cannot just simply be undone. It has to be worked through and walked through in order to re-instill re some self-love. You, you, we have to reinstill how we feel about ourselves, the things that we believe about ourselves, what we're willing to say about ourselves after experiencing these types of relational trauma. Um, I think rape is another one of those that uh, you you really will have to walk through and restructure how you view your own humanity. Uh, paying for an abortion might be another one. Things that uh, for me, being unfaithful in in my marriage was something that I had to I had to learn how to reframe my self appreciation. I had to I had to learn how to like myself again and and not be so full of shame about what I did. So in in your trauma if it's somebody doing something to you, I really do believe that we have to start at a core level of uh, of giving ourselves the grace to be a human again. Where we're looking at ourselves in the mirror, we're learning to understand ourselves, we're learning to love ourselves, and and the the narrative that we're not continually saying is the narrative from somebody else's mouth which is extremely fucking difficult to do. But if we can if we can take our own humanity and what we can do with it is own it. We own our humanity and we hold it in the palm of our hands and we take the power out of the hands of the people who betrayed us, hurt us, abused us, lied to us, cheated on us or even the people that we've done that to. I I believe that that's the foundational place to start to reframe and restructure the things that we would call trauma, taking it out of something relational. Uh, it, let's say poverty is, uh, something that is affecting you or race. Uh, if you have been falsely accused or falsely treated because of the color of your skin, that's outside of your control. And it can surely start to leave scars and marks and trauma, not just personally, but socially, and it, it, it makes us have to reframe and come to a new center of who we are as a human in order to not believe the bullshit things that other people are saying about us, right? Uh, if we think about poverty as an example where maybe some of the trauma lies in, uh, I, I didn't know what I was going to eat. I didn't know, I didn't ever feel protected or loved or cared for 
because we didn't ever have enough for, for me to feel that, uh, it, I think the process is still the same. It's just the lens that we have to slightly shift the lens a little bit. So in a situation like poverty, maybe it's about worthiness. I am worthy of having a nice dinner. I am worthy of making enough money to support myself and the ones I love and then some so that we have things that are enjoyable in this world and there's nothing negative or selfish about wanting to have things that are enjoyable, right? So regardless of where the point of trauma lies and I I just don't I don't have enough time to individually hit each point of trauma that I am imagine that all of you have faced. And so please forgive me if if you feel as if I'm not speaking directly enough to your pain point, I just don't have enough time to speak directly to each pain point. However, I do believe that overall and generally our starting point is going to be the same when we want to take this trauma that we've experienced and live in a way that it doesn't quite affect us anymore. So, while I'm while, while what I'm saying is that it has to start with a framing of self-appreciation, uh, self-examination, self-love, self-preservation. I mean, all of those are things that we might have to learn to build in a foundational setting. Sometimes it takes therapy to even begin that process. Sometimes it takes the vulnerability of sharing the scariest, most fucking miserable thing you've ever gone through with somebody that you love and trust that can hold you through it while, while you break down and can help build you up slowly but surely in that moment. Maybe it does take uh, medication for a season for many, many years to allow your brain the peace to give yourself the grace necessary to create this new foundation that we're talking about. So I do believe that there are a handful of ways that we can start to unravel all of this bullshit that that we feel, and that is the key element of, of, of getting through the trauma. We have to realize that no matter how shitty the things are that have been done to us, we are carrying feelings about them and emotions and memories and psychological patterns about these experiences. And not all of those things are true. And I would even suggest that most of them are not true, right? Uh, For me, man, there's a handful of these things and I don't want to make it about me. So for for other folks, if in fact it was something relational, I'm going to use a generalization where, well, I'll use me because it's my story. My entire childhood upbringing into my early adult life, my dad would say things like, you're just a little piece of shit, you're a little asshole, you're never going to succeed because you suck at math and you don't have a good work ethic. I mean, I heard that shit a lot. (laughs) So is it the most catastrophically traumatic thing to ever happen to me or any other human? Nope. Did it leave an insanely powerful scar on my heart? Heart? On my soul? Yes, it did. I've had to go through multiple therapy sessions and work extremely hard mentally and emotionally to undo the echo of those words. I have I've had to reframe and restructure who I am as a human, who I am as a man, who my dad was as a human and as a man, and I had to give myself the grace to create my own identity and in some way a new identity because I was so used to calling myself the same words that he called me. So that's a that's a really personal example of this where where it 
it doesn't have to be the worst thing for it to be a very powerful thing. Own that. Accept that and keep it. I want to say it again. The, the trauma and the pain and the scars that you feel and that you carry on your soul are valid and I honor them and they are worth exploring and they're worth overcoming so that you can learn to love and be free in the only body you'll ever have in this lifetime. We do this shit maybe multiple times, but we do it one lifetime at a time. And so right now in the brain and the body and the heart and the soul and the eyes and the smile and the tone of your voice and the the gifts and the skills and the tone, you know, your laughter, all of these things are who you are now. And I want to honor so much the, the pain and the struggle that you have each individually gone through. I want to honor it by also saying, please identify that most of the shit that you tell yourself about yourself is a goddamn lie. It is an absolute lie. I have an enormous amount of self-esteem and I am a miserably awful prick to myself a lot. Like, woo, a lot. And it, and it, it is very difficult. We live, you know, I think we're coming out of maybe a generation where selfishness is, uh, or self-love is perceived as selfishness. I think we're past that a little bit, but for some of us who are in our thirties plus, like we've lived through a, a society that was very hard on people who had self-love. Our advertising campaigns were very demeaning. All of our culture was very demeaning. And so when you were willing to stand up and be confident or self or live in a self-esteem, a certain type of high self-esteem, it was conceit or it was whatever else. So some of us have even have to learn how to learn how to love ourselves again. Um, and I, I might have to do a second part on this cause I'm out of time and I'm not quite even, I don't feel like I'm even fucking close to done. Um, but I'm going to wrap up real quick so that we at least have a, a, a foundational place to continue this conversation. Your trauma is honorable. It is what you've experienced. Nobody can take it away from you. Nobody can tell you that it doesn't affect you or that it didn't hurt or that it did not leave a an extremely painful or p- potentially painful or kind of painful scar on your soul. Your trauma is yours. Own it. Accept it. It's yours. In order to, I don't think we can undo trauma. I don't think trauma can be undone. What I believe we can do is reframe and restructure who it is we are and what we say about ourselves to ourselves. That might have to start with therapy. If that is true and you would like help finding therapist, uh, finding a therapist, please reach out to me. If it just is about vulnerability and finally sharing some of the shit that you've never shared before, dig deep into your soul to find somebody that you trust to start to share those things with. And if it is, if it is a, a self esteem, a self love venture, uh, that, that you can maybe do on your own, I would say buy a journal, buy a book, buy a a notepad, buy a sketch pad, what, whatever it is that you can do to let these emotions out and start to start to reframe them and restructure them where you can identify what maybe one of the lies are and combat that lie with what you think truth is. So in my own personal example that I shared, my dad saying that I would, you know, be a piece of shit and little asshole and never succeed. And I would always be a failure. Um, 
I don't feel that I am a failure in my life. I don't. I mean, is there shit that I wish was different? Yes. Would I Have I fucked up some very major things? Yes. Am I still standing here at 37 years old and able to say that I don't feel like I failed? Yes, I'm able to say that. And I'm able to say that because multiple times in my journey, I've had to say, dad said this, but I believe this is true and work towards what I believe that is true as opposed to staying stuck in what somebody else said about me. That's going to be a great place for us to end and for you to begin. Identify what people said about you. Be willing to call it a lie. Be willing to walk into what it is you believe is true about yourself. And we can reframe and restructure the things that are traumatic to us. My friends, I really appreciate you listening. If you need help, need advice, need to find a therapist, uh, I may not have all the answers, but you're more than welcome to reach out. If you're listening on the podcast, I'm going to let you go and we will see you next week. I'll see you.